What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Brooklyn Carter, and we are back for episode number one, two, three. Today, we're going to talk about understanding your blessings. Because for whatever reason, the Lord is trying to bless me right now, and I know the shit's about to get real. Okay, so what exactly is a blessing? According to definition, a blessing is a favor or gift bestowed by God, thereby bringing happiness, the invoking of God's favor upon the person. So, you know how, as we are growing up, as we're coming into adulthood, We have those moments where, especially when we're trying to get into our careers or our relationships or just trying to be all around better human beings and we're just like, oh my God, nothing is going right. What am I going to do? Blah, 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 blah. And the Lord is kicked back, chilling up there with Tupac and Biggie and... Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston talk about, look at these fools down there complaining about what they don't have. And all the while, they have blessings upon blessings upon blessings, but the blessings that they want bestowed upon them just not has not taken place yet. And I'm up here, kick back laughing with the homies. And I'm like, if they don't stop the blessings of favor will never come because all they do is sit back, whine, and complain. So me here, I like to talk to y'all from experience. So I was in school, I was in college, and I used to have these dreams of, oh yeah, I'm a damn play basketball. I'm going to be like the next big... Teresa Weatherspoon or the next Lisa Leslie, but I wanted to get the glitz and the glamour without the hard work. And I realized like, sis, what you, what you trying to achieve? You're never going to achieve thinking like, okay, I could just do the bare minimum and then I'm going to get what I want to get. And then start thinking about, oh, I'm going to go play overseas And I'm still not doing anything to perfect my craft. So that brings us to point number one, perfecting your craft. As we grow up, we all have these ideas and these ideals of, oh, what I want to be, where I want to be, and everything like that. But as we're younger, we we tend to not want to work as hard to achieve those goals. And in order to be the next Lisa Leslie or Teresa Weatherspoon or Kobe Bryant or LeBron James, you actually have to work towards these things. You have to perfect your craft. You have to shoot in the gym a million times a day. You have to go running for 30 minutes. You have to hit the weight rooms. You have to do training. You have to do physical training, mental training, spiritual training, so you can stay on your path of becoming the next big time athlete because if you don't perfect your craft 
then you're going to wake up 15, 20 years later talking about, damn, in high school, I was the man, homie. Now I'm sitting like, damn, homie. It's a trip, you know. When you're a kid, you see the life you want. But it never crosses your mind that that's not the life you're going to get. This quote was from one of the greatest movies of all time, Love and Basketball. Set the scene, Monica had just moved back home, and she and Quincy was outside talking, just reminiscing on the ideas that they had growing up, and realizing that now as adults, what they once envisioned as being their life is not so much going to turn out that way. I remember I graduated college, a few years went by, was getting ready to hit my quarter life crisis, and some of my peers were moving into their career. And not necessarily, boom, Maxine Shaw, attorney at law, about to be up for partner, but getting those entry-level positions to where they're able to begin to build their future and build a resume and have a bank account. And I'm sitting back and I'm like, damn, I've been working at Tom Warner two years, almost two and a half years, ain't did shit. Then I'm like, damn, I'm working at Discover Card a year, ain't did shit. Then I'm like, damn, I go into private industry for another two and a half years, ain't did shit. And as I'm hopping from this job to this job to this job every two years or so, it's like, okay, this person, boom, real estate, got their real estate license, focused up, grooving, boom. This person, a teacher, focused up, boom. This person, a social worker. And it just seemed like everybody else was falling in line with a title and a position And I'm just like, well, what is it that I'm going to do? What is it that I'm going to focus on? Where is my life headed? And that really messed with me. And now that I sit back and think about it, I had blessings. I had favor. You know what I'm saying? I had jobs to where I was able to pay my car note, pay my car insurance, pay my cell phone bill, pay my rent. You feel me? I had jobs to where I was able to pay my light bill, my water bill, my cable bill, have groceries in the crib. I wasn't living a lavish life, but I was able to do stuff. And me going through that was at the time when social media began popping or whatever, or it became a normality. And like many of us, I started to see the glitz of people's false realities. I started to see people every other weekend going on trips or every other day they're able to go out and eat and they're able to sit back and kiki with their girlfriends or sit back and kiki with the homies. And I'm just sitting here like, damn, I'm at work again. I'm trying to grind to try to make a dollar out of 15 cents, a dime and a nickel. And I'm just like, why am I working so hard and I have nothing to show for it? And I felt this way for years. For years, I felt this way. Until, funny, 
I started working at Lane Bryant. I was assistant store manager at Lane Bryant. And I got into a position where I was able to feel as though I was making a difference. Making a difference as far as helping my customers. Making a difference as far as helping my employees. Making a difference as far as shit. I was making my own damn schedule. And I was able to maintain a lifestyle that was allowing me to see that I was able to do a little bit more for one, if I budgeted for two, if I stopped complaining and for three, if I took a moment, a step back to myself and said, yo, Brooke, like you're tripping right now. You're good. There's a lot of people that wish they was in your position and you need to realize the blessings that you have and stop complaining about what you don't have or what you think you should have. So guess what happened to me once I stopped complaining? Once I stopped complaining, the state called me. The state called me and said, girl, guess what? We want to offer you a state job with some state benefits to make some state money. And I was like, okay, okay. I see blessings coming. I see blessings coming. But once I got the state job, I found something else to complain about. I wasn't happy with the hours. I wasn't happy with administration. I wasn't happy with my pay. I wasn't happy with the fact that I didn't have certain resources to get certain things done that I needed to get done to be successful in my position. Now, granted, that would make anybody a little frustrated, but instead of complaining about it and finding an alternative, to fix what was wrong, what did I do? I just complained. I complained my way through another two and a half years. And finally, I took the time to go on vacation and take some time out for myself and say that I really need to get my life together because what I'm doing is not going to make me be successful. What I'm doing more so is hindering my success instead of bettering my success. So I really had to sit back and say, Brooke, you're complaining again. You need to stop complaining. You need to stop complaining about the things that you don't have. Because remember that there was a time where you wasn't working. And finally, the last thing that I had to do for me to center my blessings and center myself is become more organized and write stuff down. When I tell y'all that everything throughout my week I write down on my calendar now. I write everything down and it helps keep my life organized. It helps me to keep from going like, oh, what I gotta do? What I gotta do? Dang, what I gotta do? What I gotta do? Oh shit, I forgot to do something. It helps me ground myself, quite honestly. And the other day, I also, my mom made a cameo. She just texted me. The other day, I um, took some big sheets of paper 
And I guess it was kind of like a vision board, but I really didn't do the cutouts and things of that nature. I took a couple of sheets of paper and I did short-term goal for the next month, um, a longer short-term goal for the next three months. I wrote down my goals for that, my goals for the next six months, and my goals for the next year. And in doing this, I was able to see, okay, these are my things that I want to accomplish and this is what I need to focus on for the next year. And I do not need anyone or anything to hinder my focus or to stop my focus. And I cannot allow anyone to hinder my focus or stop my focus. The only person that is going to be able to do that is me. There's a quote in the Bible and scripture that we all know. And it goes, the Lord helps those who help themselves. And as I get older, I'm starting to understand more as far as what that means. Because I tell you, for these last eight, seven years, I could not figure out what that meant because I knew this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to have. And if I don't have that, I'm a failure. And I felt that way. The type of relationship that I envisioned myself having, I never got that. So I was like, oh, I'm always going to be by myself, blah, 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 blah. The type of career that I wanted to get started. It didn't start out that way. So I said, oh, I'm going to be a failure, blah, blah, blah. But once I stopped putting so much pressure on myself, allow myself to achieve certain goals, reach those goals, and then try to achieve a new one, my blessings started coming. The Lord said, okay, girl. So you kind of figuring it out a little bit that... You are a little crazy, but this is what I need you to do. And this is where I need you to go. And this is how I need you to tone it down just a little smidget. So I can then help you and guide you in the direction that you need to go. And I will tell y'all this. It doesn't matter who you pray to. If you pray to God, if you pray to Buddha, if you pray to Allah, whoever you pray to, And saying and putting things into the atmosphere will change your life. It will definitely guide whatever blessings it is that you are supposed to obtain. It will definitely guide those. And I want y'all to understand this. I'm not an expert by no means. I'm just a girl called Brooklyn that tries to figure out this thing called life. And hopefully, you know... We can all figure it out together. Okay, you guys. So, of course, we have to get into another segment of the audacity of people. By now, many of you have probably heard about this woman in Raleigh, North Carolina, North Hills. And sis had the audacity. The audacity to so boldly called a female of color the n-word now i have my own thoughts and views about the n-word and that is another conversation for another day um 
just to put it out there, I do not agree with using the N-word in any way unless it's being used for the definition. If you're calling someone ignorant, then that's when the word should be used. It is not a word of greeting. It is not a word of endearment. But like I said, another conversation for another day. So I'm just going to play the clip for you guys. And yeah, we'll talk about it. Long cell phone video shows an encounter between customers at the Bonefish Grill in North Hills. This person had the audacity right here to come to our table and tell us that we are the rudest people that she has ever met. Look at her. Then the woman, who we now know is Nancy Goodman, calls another customer the N-word. You're too loud. We're too loud. Opinion. In your opinion. Let me show you my money. It's just as green as yours. Right. Oh, you're so stupid. Goodman at her home. I'm a 71-year-old woman who lives in Raleigh. I suffer from tremendous anxiety. She says that anxiety and the women's behavior pushed her to act as she did. I'm not going to say I'm sorry to them because they put, kept pushing at it. So, And that's all I'd really like what to say. What about your use of the N-word? I used that word because they forced me into it. Do you see how that's incredibly offensive? Yes, I do. That's why I said it. I would say it again to them. She says she would use that word again to you. Okay. Okay. Nancy Goodman. Honestly, I cannot be mad at Nancy Goodman. I can't be mad at Nancy Goodman because Nancy Goodman stands up in her racism. She said that she will definitely use that word again she understands that the word is offensive and she sees no wrong in using the word to offend someone now before i played the clip i said the definition of the word nigga nigga or nigger it's all the same word is an ignorant person now, I wonder if Nancy feels the same way if someone was to call her a nigga. Um, because of the way she stood up in her stupidity, in her bullshit, then it's only right that someone of color or not referred to her in the same fashion. And I know there's a lot of people that may not agree with what I'm getting ready to say, but Honestly, I cannot be upset with Nancy. I do not excuse her behaviors. Her behaviors are completely unacceptable. Um, but she stood proud in what she believed in. She's from Raleigh. She's from North Carolina. She's from a slave state. I'm sure her ancestors were slave owners. I'm sure she has had maids. I'm sure somewhere in her life she's called someone Mammy. So the behavior that she puts out, why would you be upset about that? I would be more upset at someone who smiles in your face and then turns around and talks shit about you behind your back. Just talk shit about me in front of my back. In the beginning of that clip, she said, I have a lot of black friends and I love my black friends. Nobody said anything about racists. 
what was said was that we were being too loud and you were disturbed. But me sitting here eating with my girlfriends, how was that making it too loud? If you felt as though it was being too loud, you could have came to me like a woman and said, ladies, you're being a little loud. I was just wondering if you could turn down just a little bit. Or even go to a waiter and say, hey, you guys are being a little too loud. Do you mind if um you tone it down a little bit? But instead, you took it upon yourself to be obnoxious, if not more, be rude, if not disrespectful, and then get on national TV and stand up in your bigotry, in your clan mentality, in your hatred. All I can say to you, Miss Nancy Goodman, I have no words for you. Welp, you guys. You have just tuned in to another episode of Shit Talking with Brooklyn. Next week, my sister's going to be on the episode with us. And I'm actually considering changing the name. Maybe Brooklyn Talk Shit? The Pocket? Maybe I'll keep shit talking with Brooklyn. I don't know, you guys. If you think that I should change the name, let me know. 